it's a rematch time in the AFC West. The Chiefs get the Denver Broncos number two for the 2023 season. And it all comes down to this. What do you got to do to keep that streak alive today? I'm locked on Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, everybody. It's Red Friday against the Denver Broncos, part two of the season home and home. We're going to get into it today. Everything you need to know, we're brought to you by PrizePix. It's the easiest way and most exciting to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL. Get in the action today. Use our code LockedOnNFL and your first deposit match will be up to $100. We have a ton to cover here. We're going to give you everything today. Don't you worry about it. We have plenty for it here on the Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day for every team and every sport that we can come up with here. You can listen to us, watch us on YouTube, and like, sub, hit that bell here on the channel. You can also hear us on Spotify, Apple, and all the platforms that carry audio. Anywhere you can get it, it's free every day like we always are for you everydayers. Our daily listeners, we very much appreciate you. Nice to see you, Fendarius, and everyone else. Welcome into the show. I'm Ryan Tracy, founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, NFL33.com, as well as RGR Football. My partner, Chris Clark, owner of KC Chiefs Corner, and the man who does the breakdowns on that cap that I just don't like to look at. He's also in charge of our text line. You can get that at 816-357-8781. Check that out today. We have a great show for you. We're going to give you our predictions and our key players. What are the goals that they have to have to win those matchups and keys to get this victory? And we're going to start right at the top of the show. It comes down to one question. Can they, in the second meeting this season, push that streak out to 17 in a row against the Denver Broncos, Chris? little bit has changed. Where do you stand? He is very much on the positive side of 17 is a magic number. I It's a prime, so I love it. Yeah, I don't understand how I got muted on that one. I think that this is going to be a situation where the Chiefs are going to go in and they're going to win their 17th game straight against the Broncos. I think that this team is going to be ready for whatever the Broncos throw at them, and I think that they're the better team. And I don't think that they're overlooking this team. I think that the loss early in the season kind of got them going in the right direction. Uh, and made them focus a little bit more. I mean, you hear some of the guys talk, and they're talking about knowing that they're going to get the best shot of every team they play, and so they have to prepare like it's the Super Bowl. Uh, that's the reality in this. And, you know, you're looking at this Chiefs team, you're looking at the at how they can, you know, go into this game and play against the Broncos, and, and I will say this. Uh, they're going to miss Nick Bolton. I, I know Tranquil's been playing fantastic. I know he's been playing great. But one of the things he does so well is play against the run. And that's one of the things the Broncos have started to get better at is running the ball. Uh, so that's going to be something I think they're going to miss him a little bit, his physicality in the running game. Uh, but I, I do think Tranquil is going to be able to step in there and really help this, uh, you know, this defense out and help the Chiefs get a victory. I do want to say really quick, uh, on Chiefs corner, one of the things I've been doing this week is looking at all the different trade pieces. Uh, that people may be looking at trying to add to the Chiefs, thinking they want to add to the Chiefs. Been doing a, a breakdown of all the different pieces that could come in uh, and what it would cost the Chiefs salary cap-wise to bring them in. So go check that out. Uh, feel free to tweet at me if you have somebody that is not on that list. I think I've gotten seven or eight articles out there already in two days. So uh, I think I've got pretty much everybody's list already done. You're a machine but, with what's going on out there, man. Well, it, <laughs> To me, it's just one of those things. It's pretty easy to go look at the salary cap numbers. It's it's easy to figure out what it's going to cost Kansas City. And 
you know, you look at guys that could come in, you know, a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, which you would think isn't going to be something that Kansas City could afford. Maybe they can't afford the draft picks, but the salary cap number isn't too bad, mainly because they paid him big money up front and he doesn't have a lot of guaranteed money or any guaranteed money, I don't think, in 2024, but it's in the article I have on the Titans. Uh, but getting back to this game, like I said, I do think that Nick Bolton's going to be a big loss. I do think Tra- Tranquil is going to play a good game, uh, but missing Bolton in the middle for the running game is going to hurt. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to talk about the specific matchup keys and the, the goals to go later in the show. But things have changed on a number of ways. And we'll get to some of those in the matchups in particular, because there are some players that weren't on the field the last time that, that these two teams met, which feels like it was yesterday because it really was only, you know, less than 14 moons ago, as we call it uh, here in the, in the Tracy house. Uh, a couple of things that you already mentioned is the trade deadlines coming, right? And so, so shifting focus. The Broncos have gotten a win in the meantime since the last time they played. They beat the Packers by two points, putting up 19 on offense, just like the Chiefs did when they played them last. So what stood out to you there? You mentioned Javante Williams, yes, giving him the ball more. We're going to talk about him more in the matchups. But even more so when it comes to the trade deadline, and I I think you will know this, and we can scope this out in terms of what Chiefs Corner is covering it as well, but they fed – their two primary receivers last week in the effort in what we understand from rumors around the league that both Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are possibilities to be traded out of this team in the near future. Six for six targets to Cortland Sutton last week, including a touchdown for 76 yards. Jerry Judy, five for five for 64. Didn't get in the end zone, but they fed them. It was a showcase game. They don't have that luxury against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going for this 17th win in a row. I mean, back to the Peyton days. They're not going to get that kind of matchup. Do you think that there's anything that Chiefs have to be wary of in the organizational trend trying to highlight these two players? To be clear, it's the Peyton Manning days, not just Peyton. But sorry, uh, sorry. <laughs> it's just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, you know, one of the players that somebody asked me about was Josie Jewell. Uh, that's a contract that I think Kansas City could take on if they wanted to bring in another linebacker. Don't think that the Denver Broncos are going to be trading with Kansas City. I bring up Jewel because you talk about the wide receivers. That's another position Kansas City Chiefs fans have asked about. They haven't asked about those two specific wide receivers because I think mainly the thought process is they couldn't go to Kansas City. And I get that. When you start looking at what I talked about with, you know, Sarah Bedinger yesterday on the crossover, it was, I was really surprised because we're sitting here in a situation where, like you said, we're less than two weeks away from the last time they played them. And I expected like two or three players were going to be gone by the time this game rolled around and they haven't traded anybody. So, you know, at that point, that's going to be something to watch and, and going to be something to be interested to see. And you talk about them getting the ball and really maybe targeting and focusing on Jer- on Jerry Judy and on Cortland Sutton. I agree with you to an extent, but they couldn't do that against Kansas city on Thursday night. I don't think they're going to be able to do that in Kansas city this Sunday I think they're going to want to try, but I don't think that's going to work out for them. And it's not just Javante Williams. It's also McLaughlin in the backfield. I mean, there's a, that's a dangerous duo. And one of the things that you know, we talked about on the crossover is weather can play a part in this game. And, yes, I understand. Somebody pointed it out on YouTube that uh, Patrick Mahomes likes playing in the snow. It still changes what the offense can do. It still changes what the wide receivers and the, you know, the running backs and the tight ends and the linemen can can handle and do. It's not going to be as wide open as it as it would be if it was sixty degrees outside. Fair enough. And this game is going to be cold, and there's going to be snow. 
Um, I was at Patrick. All kids out there. It was cold. It was snowing a little bit. Uh, not as much snow as it's going to be. There's more moisture and maybe warmer temperatures this time, but it's definitely going to be a challenge. We might see something like that, but we have to we have to give him the credit that's due, and then be wary of the other players that are here. Uh, and one bullet that the Broncos have dodged in all of this, we're going to hit that coming up later with our predictions and our goals to go, and we're going to talk keys and matchups coming up here in a minute. But that said, you might want to get on this action because it's going to be, I hope, a snow game. I always love those. And the best way to do it right now is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You want to get in the action because right now they're giving new customers $200 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet, that's just 5 bucks to get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. It is not dependent on a win. You get it for placing that bet. If you think that you are thinking about getting into uh, FanDuel, there's no better time to get in the action than right now, rivalry week. Chiefs Broncos get after it you can bet the spreads the props over unders anything that you can get out there there's a wide variety of betting options that you can get in on right now today at fanduel.com slash locked on and you can kick off this season right by using that fanduel.com slash locked on Fanduel is the official partner of the NFL they're officially my partner in trying to decipher where the Chiefs need to hit and what the key matchups are and that's why we want to come back to what, what are the key differences? Well, for one thing, the Broncos have a small advantage that is as of today <laughs> and the situation with Nick Bolton, they're going to they're gonna dodge Nick Bolton completely this season. They will not see him. And that's a plus for William uh, Javante now that he, he's back a little bit. But I'm glad that you brought up the duo because I think McLaughlin is probably the guy I'm more worried about. They can hand it to Javante 15 times like they did last week. He ran for a good average over five a carry. I'm okay with that. I don't think that hurts the Chiefs enough to make me nervous. It's McLaughlin's like home run ability, especially knowing that you're going to have Leo Chanel in the base defense and you're going to have Tranquil having to be the Mike, but also have to be in coverage. So for me, that's the wrinkle that I'm a little bit more concerned about in the matchups. It's deep speed. Yeah, it's a, it could be a really huge issue for Kansas City. You saw against Joshua Kelly last week against the Chargers, it became an issue. Uh, you miss one angle uh, by the running by the linebacker, and the running back's gone. Uh, that's definitely something to worry about when it comes to this. When it comes to this offense, McLaughlin, I do think it's going to be intriguing to watch what the Broncos are able to do. One of the things, another one of the things we talked about in the crossover is if Kansas City gets up 14 points, 20 points in the first half, uh, like they can do if they can get the ball rolling, like they did against the Chargers in the first half. Uh, that's something where you're going to probably take the running game out of Denver's ability. I mean, you're not going to be able to hand the ball off as much as you would want to and protect your, you know, your quarterback and Russell Wilson. The other question is, is, you know, is Kansas City's defensive line going to get into get involved just as much as they did against the Chargers and sack Russell Wilson, you know, three, four five times. I mean, that that could play a huge factor in this game. And it was interesting. I saw right as we were getting ready to come on. Uh, the Chiefs put out the injury report, and really quick to name a couple, uh, Justin Watson was a full go, um, but Harrison Butker missed today and Jared McKinnon missed today. Harrison Butker was sick. They're thinking that he'll play on Sunday, so that's probably not going to be an issue. It, they did say that Justin Reed would be the backup kicker, but what I thought was more interesting was you go and look at a guy like Garrett Bowles, who was a full participant or not even listed on the report on Wednesday 
is now a limited participant with a hip injury on Thursday. That could become a huge issue for a team in the Broncos that are going up against this Chiefs defensive line. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's we've just seen the glimpse of that defensive line for right. Kansas City because uh, Menahe's return is certainly there. Look, Cushberry had a nice game uh, last week, uh, was proficient, didn't allow a pressure. Uh, ben Powers, the left guard, who will see Chris Jones the majority of the day, uh, was the only guy that really gave up a ton of pressure outside of Mike McClinchy. Uh, so it remains, just like it did a couple weeks ago, that the right tackle is the spot to attack here. So the question becomes, do you let George just stay out there? Or when they go NASCAR, do you put Chris on that side? Do you let Amenahue move to the outside? I think it's going to be a rotation in attacking the right tackle spot. Now, uh, kudos to, to Russ Whistle. He can still move enough to avoid some of that pressure, but he's not the scrambler that he used to be, in my opinion. I think uh, last uh, last time these teams met, Mike Burton was the best blocker they had in terms of pass protection. Let's hope that they can raise that level up with the addition of a Menahue and really attack all over the place because I'd like to see him go after Quinn Miners as well and really go up and down the line. Well, and one of the things that they've been doing consistently on second and third downs and especially on third and long uh, and second and long is they've been spreading their defensive line out and they're basically giving the offense a chance to run the ball if they want to run the ball. And generally speaking, they haven't been beat by it. Uh, but what it does is it gives you the ability to rush the passer with generally speaking one-on-ones because it puts a center in no man's land. You, you're not lined up over the center. You're lined up, you know, on the outside shoulder of the two guards or on the inside shoulder of the tackle with your defensive tackles and your ends are even further out. So if they're going to continue to do that and try to get after Russell Wilson in that aspect, you're going to have one-on-ones with McGlinchey. You're going to have one-on-ones with Bowles, Miners, uh, Powers, all of them. You're going to have a lot of chances there. And one of the other things that Kansas City's really been doing on defense is they've been taking the Mike linebacker. In most cases, it's been Bolton, but I, I would not be surprised to see Tranquil do this as well. And he comes up to the line of scrimmage and is right over the tack or is right over the center. And you don't know if he's coming or not. And then the center has to wait to figure out if he's coming or not before he decides where he can go to try to help somebody. But it's a long reach for him to go to try to help somebody. And that, gives this defensive line a chance to get after the quarterback. So that, to me, is going to be something to watch. I'm really looking forward to. I'm also looking forward to seeing what the Chiefs do against these wide receivers again, and it's because of what you said earlier. It's They are in a situation where both of those guys could be gone by Tuesday, which is when the trade deadline is. And the Denver Broncos, if they're going to try to trade either of those guys, are going to want them to have good games. Good luck against this DB group. Uh, I'm not sure that I would think that uh, Sneed will really move or go with any with either of the two guys. But regardless, the, the coverage has been pretty good by the DBs on the back end, whether it's the corners or the safeties. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And I think they're going to have a rough go there. I, I am comfortable with where McDuffie is. He's going to see Judy. I have to feel like Judy's probably the bigger threat against this particular group of DBs. I feel pretty comfortable with that. For those of us who, those of you that have just joined us for some of the first time, uh, my experience as a strength and conditioning coach and a coach in the past uh, makes me drift a little bit towards the defensive side where I have a lot of confidence in this group. Um, if you don't know us or this is your first show that you've heard, uh, welcome. And Chris is a capologist and works through the, the higher end stuff, whereas I like to get in the dirt. And the dirt's where I think this game gets played. The confrontation between Judy, Sutton, Sneed, McDuffie, 
I feel there's an advantage on both sides in both of those matchups for the Chiefs, no matter who they get. If they switch, if they try to run motion and get some isolation out there, I'm comfortable there. I think it's the third corner that's probably the most likely target in any scenario where Russell Wilson has time to think. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what they do with Sutton. Sutton doesn't have Mike Williams' height and speed, but he is a very good player, and he's been getting a lot better this season uh, after having an injury a couple of years ago. So I do wonder what they're going to do with that. Is it going to be a situation where maybe they are saying, okay, Snead's going to travel with Jerry Judy, or he's going to be on the off wide receiver that isn't Cortland Sutton, and you put a guy like Joshua Williams on Cortland Sutton and, and give him safety help over the top. I have no problem with that. If you double him and you put a guy on him that has height and, and length, which is what Williams has, even if he gets beat a couple of times, even if he's getting you 50 or 60 yards throughout the day, you're not really going to care too much. It's going to be shutting down the rest of the defense with you know guys like McDuffie, like you said, on Jerry Judy in the slot, or whether it's you know Jerry Judy on the other outside uh, for the Broncos. And they lost, I believe, Dolchich is out for this game, which is one of their biggest keys. Uh, you know, tight ends going up against Kansas City have been pretty good in the past. They're not going to have them this time. That's going to be something that they're going to miss. Uh, and that could really help open up, you know, a lot of things for the Chiefs and the linebackers to be able to help in a lot of different directions. Yeah, I have to say so. They're also going to be without Kareem Jackson, who has been yep. suspended at this point. Thank you. We're going to talk about where those matchups, uh, where the, those key players can line up to take advantage of some of these matchups. Uh, on the backside of this, as well as giving you our predictions, so hold tight as we give you a message from our pals. PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. PrizePix is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and a normal selection of players and stat types are what make Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Price Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Price Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is one of my favorite times of the year. And one of the reasons why it is, is because you're in football season. You have all these different things that you like to do. You have family over, you cook food, you, you know, you, can use DoorDash as one of the places that you can get food from a place like Hy-Vee, or maybe you need something and you need a prescription from Walgreens. They can bring you that too, or something even from a place like Casey's. But one of the reasons that I like DoorDash so much is Joe's Kansas City. Whenever I'm around in Kansas City, I am going to get Joe's Kansas City. DoorDash makes it easy to bring it right to me and I can be doing whatever I need to do, whether it's you know, writing articles for Chiefs Corner or, you know, trying to record a podcast with Ryan for Locked on Chiefs or talking to our text line uh, on subtext, all of those things. But DoorDash brings the experience right to me. It brings Joe's Kansas City to me, and I absolutely love their barbecue. Uh, and quite frankly, I also love their gumbo that they have. So lots of different things that you can check out at DoorDash. Uh, 
that's if you can get up to 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use LOCK23 for 50% up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Terms apply, subject to change. Everything's always subject to change. And there's a couple of changes that happened since the last time these teams met that I want to go over real quick. Uh, we talked about Kareem Jackson. When the Chiefs offense is on the field, that's certainly one. He was the highest graded coverage grade uh, per PFF for the Denver Broncos the last time this team played. But the bigger thing for me is the fact that you're going to get a better pass rush from these Denver Broncos this game because Baron Browning is back. Now, he is a, was an off-ball linebacker that came in the league and I was not very impressed with his, his coverage skills, his ability to play in space. They put his hand in the dirt. They've converted him to a true rush linebacker. And now he is making an impact. Uh, had four pressures last week against uh, the Green Bay Packers. And he's ready to come at it. Now, Donovan Smith, I think, can handle the power. It's the quickness that's going to be the issue for him. Uh, I'm really confident if they try to put him on the opposite side, uh, and have him rush from the left-hand side of the defense against Juwan Taylor, I think that's a matchup Taylor wins all day long. But understanding where Browning is and where he's coming from is going to be key, along with Zach Allen, who I do think make a pretty decent one-two punch that the Chiefs got to know about. Well, and it goes even further this game because you can't just necessarily figure that you're going to have a guy like McKinnon in there. McKinnon may not play in this game. He missed practice on Thursday uh, with a groin injury. It's possible he plays. If he doesn't play, that's a bigger loss than a lot of people want to talk about. And it's mainly because you're in a situation where he is your third down back. He comes in, he is Patrick's backside protector on a lot of different snaps. And whether it's backside or frontside, it doesn't really matter. McKinnon's usually the guy that's bringing and picking up the blitz. Now, Pacheco has been doing that over the past couple of weeks a little bit more. He's been on in on more passing plays. They've been passing on the ball. And he's got some good pass blocking snaps. Uh, if you go look at his PFF scores, he's actually done very well when it comes to pass blocking. But that's not where you want to use him, and you don't want to use him the entire game doing that. So what is how are the Chiefs going to combat that? I th think that one of the things that maybe they're going to do is they're going to use Blake Bell a little bit more in this game or Noah Gray on the side of Donovan Smith to give him a little bit of help. Uh, and, you know, even if it's just a chip, even if it's just, you know, hitting him really quick and, you know, pushing him into the tackle – so he is not allowed to go outside as easy. Maybe that's all it really takes. But without McKinnon, that could be a big thing that you you could be missing. When you look at the chief side of it and you start looking at the way that the offense is running, uh, I'm really curious to see what they do with McCall Hardman. And it's not necessarily because I think he's going to get, you know, 10 passes thrown his way or you know, a ton of targets, but it's the misdirection that they are able to use with him. It's the motions that they use with him. And they've changed what they're doing with Tony. If Tony is not running – the type of routes near the line of scrimmage, I think that actually helps him be more productive as a wide receiver. And that's going to open more things up in the middle of the field and downfield as well for guys like MBS. And I will say this, I, Justin Watson looks like he's on, on, you know, the ability to play this week. He looks like he's on uh, the way to mending and has two full practices. I would sit him this week personally, but I am guessing the chiefs play him. Uh, and man, that, that elbow card is, is pretty significant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I would be conservative with his injury and, and let him rest. I'm looking to a, a combination though. I'd like to see some stacks specifically with, 
Uh, McColl in the slot um, and Rasheed out the far side of him because I, I want to run that slot fade, that slot corner, go get the deep routes out of the slot and let Rasheed come across the formation underneath that. Um, in particular, with McColl back and understanding how to put the stress on the, the defense, particularly without Kareem Jackson out there, that we know Patrick wants to see. I think that's a great combination. I'd love to see those guys lined up on the same side of the field. Yeah, and it's going to be fun to see uh, those guys lined up. And, you know, you talk about Rasheed Rice, you talk about McCole Harmon. I want to see Rasheed Rice and Kelsey lined up on the, on the same side of the field. Both those guys playing off each other is going to be fun to watch for the rest of the season. I think they're doing a good job of it. Uh, Rice needs to continue working on his man-to-man beaters. He's not being very successful there but he continues to get more and more snaps. I do think that that's going to be something that's going to be big going into this game. And I do think that he's going to probably, I don't know that he'll get a hundred yards, but I do expect that he'll get a touchdown and probably 70 yards receiving just because I think that Mahomes is going after him as much. The only thing that I would caveat that on is do they put Sertan on rice, which I can't imagine they want to go that direction because it, because of Travis Kelsey and all the other things. But if they put Sertan on rice, then other guys are going to have to step up. Yeah, w- without over the top, you got to know where Justin Simmons is, and you got to know where, where Pastor Tan is. If you, they decide to take away Travis Kelsey with those two, it's field day for everybody else. I don't think that affects the outcome. I think they get to seventeen in a row. The way that I see this game coming down is that they have a, an axe to grind. Nineteen points they scored last last time these two teams met. That's not enough, and it's certainly not what we expect from Patrick Mahomes in this offense. Well, one for five in the red zone. That's why. Right. And, and, hey, and sorry, I just want to finish. <laughs> Butker being out. Sorry, Butker being out could actually play a lot into this with them going for on more on fourth downs. Uh, if he is not able to play, I would imagine he's still going to play, but we'll see. Yeah, and that's a fair point. Um, and just that stat alone, in knowing that they were they were not very fruitful, and kudos to the Denver defense for holding them there. Uh, and you got to play against somebody. So can't just say that you shot yourself in the foot. You did quite a bit, but the defense played as well. So I think they come out and I think they have an ax to grind. I think, uh, quite frankly, I think, uh, I think Pat might have to say something to Mike Burton and like, uh, puts, put some, uh, dollars on the line. I don't know. We'll find out what happens. But in the end, I don't think that even the resurgent quote unquote, uh, certainly the shopping, uh, display store for here, come grab my wide receivers. I don't think this offense is enough. I see the Chiefs putting this up and being fairly comfortable. I see it 28-13 Kansas City. Yeah, I think that if you look at what this team has been able to do and, you know, we have looked at them playing against much tougher teams than what Denver has shown so far this season. Uh, The Chargers were a much tougher team and they, you know, held them 17 points. Uh, I don't think Denver is going to be a, in a scenario where they're going to put a ton of the points on the board, especially if the weather becomes a factor. Yes, running the ball makes a lot more sense for Denver in that case, but I don't think the Kansas City's offense is going to be slowed down as much as uh, Denver would want it to be to be able to run the ball as much as, they, as they're going to want to. Uh, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking Kansas City probably wins, and I'm going to go over 30. I think they're going to probably score 31, and – I don't know that they score 13. I, I would go 31-10. Uh, it's possible they score two touchdowns, uh, If especially if McLaughlin gets loose. Uh, then mm-hmm. maybe I see that. But go back and watch the last time they played the Broncos on a short week. Uh, Kansas City wasn't ready for that game, and that's part of the reason why I think they went one for five in the red zone. 
I understand the Broncos weren't ready for that game either, but Kansas City wasn't going to allow any points uh, without a bad defensive holding or a defensive pass interference call late in the game. So uh, I would not be surprised if this defense is looking for a shutout against this Broncos unit. Ooh, that may be a lot. I think the X factor could be Charles Amenehu didn't get a chance to them the last time. Let's see what he brings this time. We'd love to know your predictions. What do you think is going to happen? Do they get to 17 in a row? And what is your score prediction? Whether you think this is a winner or a loss for the Chiefs, we'd love to see it in the comments section down below here on YouTube or in the reviews over on Spotify and Apple and all the audio platforms. If you like to listen to this show, you can find it for free on any platform out there. That is the story of the Locked On Network for every team, everywhere, all the time. Whether you're listening to us or, like I did today, listening to the Fantasy Hockey Show, because those guys do a great job, and they're helping me kick butt in my Fantasy Hockey League. Just want to say that. I hope that you guys are ready. Enjoy your Red Friday. It's going to be a great ballgame. We will be live post-game, as we always are. So check in with us. We'll have a report from Matt Derrick, our guy on the ground in the locker room, post-game, on the beat. We appreciate you spending your time here with us. For all of you that are new, check out the rest of the Locked On Podcast Network. Like, sub, hit that bell here on YouTube. And you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening now. And we'll talk to you next time.